goodness. Oh, I'm not on. Not on and I'm wonky. Am I on? I'm on. I'm wonky. Why am I wonky? Is there a reason why I'm wonky? Style. Style. I like to be. It's going to irritate me. Sorry. And I come with all my gubbins. Look. (sighs) Sorry. Good morning. I'm sorted. I've got everything. I'm not exactly. I don't travel light. I come with everything I need. You guys good? Good. I'm a little bit hyper. I'm not going to lie. I've had rather a lot of caffeine. Uh, So just uh, (laughs) anyone that knows me knows that that could be very dangerous. I don't know about you guys, uh, but my son and I love a good binge watch. Do you? Do you ever do that? Our latest was Cobra Kai. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I've got a love-hate relationship with this show, but I was totally hooked. Uh, If you haven't seen or heard of it, Cobra Kai is like a kind of run-on, an adaptation, an American series uh, based on the Karate Kid film. Do you remember that one? And it follows like the now adult characters who incidentally were the original actors in the film. So Daniel LaRusso, who was like the Karate Kid, do you remember him? Wax on, wax off. And Johnny Lawrence, uh, who thinks he's really cool and like he's stuck in the 80s. Anyway... They're arch enemies, and they both have two very different styles of karate. And Cobra Kai's um, Johnny Lawrence comes back, and he wants to reopen the infamous Cobra Kai Karate Dojo. Yeah, it's quite intense. Cobra Kai's motto is strike first, strike hard, no mercy. And boy, do they mean it. They are harsh. Never seen teenagers fight like that. But what struck me about this motto is how indicative it is of society. We live in a world where there's just so much harshness. Strike first. You go in all guns blazing. Put yourself first. Look out for number one. Strike hard. Get them before they get us. We react. We'll show them. No mercy. Probably deserve it anyway. I'm not saying sorry. They were in the wrong. Karma, you get what you give, don't you? They deserve it. It's not my fault. Get revenge. There is just so much judgment. You just have to look at like Facebook, Instagram or YouTube comments to see that, don't you? Especially in the last couple of weeks. We're conditioned, almost encouraged to focus on our own offence, discomfort or pain or fear of it that we take no time to consider the other person, that they might be suffering or hurting. But we are not of this world, are we? As followers of Jesus, we are called to another way, a way of compassion and mercy. And we're currently in a series all about mercy, aren't we? Mark kicked us off looking at um, what mercy is, Richard then followed with looking at um, forgiveness and the freedom that's found in it. And then last week, we were looking at uh, the the healing that we receive through his mercy. If you've missed any of those talks, you can catch up online or on the app. I would definitely recommend checking those out. So I'm going to be continuing this week looking at our ministry of mercy and how we, those that have received God's mercy, are empowered by his spirit to be merciful to others. And Mark has given me a verse from Matthew 5-7. It's from the Sermon on the Mount, probably one of the most important teachings of Jesus, also known as the Beatitudes. 
Now, the Beatitudes weren't a list of commands or rules. Jesus is explaining here what it looks like to be a follower of his. And he's explaining uh, who the kingdom is for. Now, the word kingdom usually implies like this grand ruler, doesn't it? Someone that lords it over, who is in top, who has authority over others and they are privileged. But in God's upside down kingdom, Jesus comes as a servant and Jesus is stating that the kingdom is for everyone, that no one is exempt, that there is no privilege in the kingdom. And he teaches how our actions should be fruit of that kingdom in our lives. Our actions should mirror the heart change that we experience through him. Jesus wanted to cut through the religious laws that the Pharisees had twisted. But Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. You see, the Pharisees were living their lives of an outward appearance of being holier than thou, weren't they? But they had hard hearts. And Jesus came to transform our hearts of the people with a radical love that we can truly love our neighbour, that we can truly love God, and that we can even love our enemies. The teaching was so countercultural, and it remains so today. I would definitely recommend reading them if you haven't done already. But today we are focusing on just one, and it's found in Matthew 5:7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, in the Amplified Bible, uh, blessed can mean many things. It can mean happy. It could be forgiven, inwardly peaceful, content, and, um, and sheltered by God's promises. I love that. And it seems like these words were taken directly from Psalm 18, 25. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. It isn't to say that we are called to be merciful to others because we think that we can earn it or that it's some sort of reward, because we can't earn it. The key to becoming merciful is realising our brokenness and our need for Jesus. Richard Trench writes on the subject of mercy, according to the view given in scripture, the Christian stands in the middle point between a mercy received and a mercy yet needed. You know, it wasn't just a one-time gift or exchange. I didn't decide to become a follower of Jesus um, and ping, microwave Christian. I was perfect. Would have been so much easier, but it didn't work like that. It's a journey. But the day I decided to follow Jesus was the day I was overwhelmed by his love, like completely. I was then awakened to the realisation of my sin. I think in my life, I've used every which way of filling that God-shaped hole inside of me that uh, that Mark spoke about last week, whether it be comfort eating, binge drinking, partying and everything that came with it, men, money, you name it, I think I've tried it. And what did it bring me? Heartbreak, more darkness, depression, It led to roads that I never intended to travel down and I literally lost everything, everything. And then Jesus, Jesus stepped in and he loved me at my worst. Not when I had it all together, not when I was at my best, but when I was living so far from him. 
my sin started to weigh heavy and I really thought I deserved to be punished. If I'm honest, I kind of wanted to be. But God didn't want to punish me. I really felt like I deserved it. But instead of getting what we deserve, he looks upon us with compassion and acts with mercy and sets us free. He changed my heart and he continues to do so daily. This doesn't mean we always get it right. I know I don't. I really don't. (laughs) Do you know what? We're even unaware of our sin. Do you guys ever get that? It isn't often until you get like a prompting of the Holy Spirit or I've got some amazing people in my life that um, speak into my life and sort of say, do you really think that's where God, you know, that reaction, was that really from God? Like, ooh, no. And then you wake up to it and you think, how long have I been been doing that? Years, how did I not know? Is that just me? Okay, I'm getting worried. (laughs) Thanks, Richard. It's just you. It's just you. But in Matthew 5, 7, it's a great leveller. It reminds us to be humble. Jesus is reminding us that we're all sinners in need of mercy, looking to that future when we'll need it again. None of us are perfect. All of us fall short. And the word says that his mercies are new every day. And I thank God for that. I thank God. If I'm really honest, I wasn't keen on preaching at the moment. Mark's asked me to preach on the subject because he knows my heart for it. But right now, I don't know how passionate I am. Um, My heart's pretty sore. (laughs) I feel quite overwhelmed at times. Um, Put your hand up if you've got a personality type heavy on the empath scale, so you're quite empathetic. Yep, yep. So these are my people. (laughs) These people right here are not okay right now. Life's pretty tough. I've had COVID and all that came with that, racial injustice, violence against women, increasing poverty, injustice just at every, every way you look, the destruction of creation, wars. We feel every minute of it and it hurts. It can feel so overwhelming, I can't explain. It would be so easy just to switch off, wouldn't it? just to go, it's too much. I just want to focus on my own little bubble. I'm going to switch the news off. I'm not going to look. I'm going to turn my eye from what's happening on my street and I'm going to walk past. And please don't hear me wrong. There are some times in our life where it's okay to switch off the news and have a bit of you time, but we can't stay in that place. Is that what God does to us? Does he disengage? Does he turn from us? No, he looks upon us with love and compassion. He is merciful to us and he steps in and he acts. God shows his compassion to his, Bible, uh, to his people throughout the Bible and he calls us as his followers to be compassionate to others. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you in Ephesians 4.32. Did you know that the Hebrew word for compassion is derived from the word meaning motherly or womb? The strongest connection of compassion and love are bonded between a mum and her baby. That really changes how we should treat one another, doesn't it? It's like a deeper level of connection. 
Feeling compassion for someone means that you enter into their pain and suffering without judgment. Without judgment. That's hard. That's hard. It means more than just feeling concerned for someone. It is so strong, it causes you to act. And that action is mercy. The Bible defines mercy beyond forgiveness and withholding punishments, as Mark has been teaching us. God shows his mercy for those who are suffering through healing, comfort, care, and the alleviation of suffering. When compassion acts to alleviate suffering, it becomes mercy. There is a lost, lost world out there, guys, crying out for mercy, crying out. In my role as Compassion and Justice pastor over the years, I've seen the very, very best of humanity and I've seen the worst. I've seen people's kindness and generosity and sacrificial love week in and week out. I honestly have like the time, the effort, the jobs that people do to serve others, putting others first before their own, it is heartwarming and I love you guys and it's amazing. But I've also seen how our system can fail people, how people with severe, severe needs slip the net. I've seen mothers come to us black and blue, standing in all they have with babes in arms, with nowhere else to go. I've seen men struggling with their mental health, not being able to make eye contact, being abused and taken advantage of. This is why the hanky came up. (laughs) I've sat with those stuffing sandwiches and soup down them like a rate of knots like you wouldn't believe because they haven't eaten in days or weeks. I have seen so many courageous, courageous people struggling with addictions, trying to numb the pain of the horrors that they have lived through and continue to live through in their heads. I've seen those leaving prison with nothing, absolutely nothing, with no one wanting to give them a second chance. Becoming homeless, having to wait weeks for their benefit money to come in, with no other choice but to reoffend. They've got no other choice and no one to care for them. Elderly asking for flasks of hot water if they have no gas or electric, at least they can have a cup of tea for later. Families having to decide if they would heat their home or eat that week. Countless, countless people who I've sat with and chatted to who just feel invisible, like they don't belong and that no one cares. Week in and week out, just because they don't fit into the societal norms. And unfortunately, I've met and loved those that it's just become too much to bear and the world has felt too cruel and they felt like they've had no other choice but to end it. And it's been one too many. And all of this in one of the wealthiest cities in the UK. And this isn't just one or twice, this is week in and week out. There are people in our cities and our neighbourhood, I guarantee you they are in your street, who are crying out for mercy. And what does the world say? Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. But what does God say? 
I see you. I love you. Do you want to be healed? Come into my kingdom. Yes, you. It's for you. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've ended up in life. When we turn to him, he runs towards us, inviting us into relationship with him again and again and again when we do not deserve it. Yes, there may be consequences we have to deal with and work through. We have to take responsibility for our lives. But God's love does not judge. It is not angry. It does not seek revenge. It brings life and it brings freedom. Do you know what? I look forward to that future of being with God in eternity. That day where there will be no more suffering, no more death, no more mourning, no more poverty, no more injustice. Oh my gosh, it sounds so good. I yearn for it at times, especially in the current climate. But I also know that how we live our lives here on earth matters. We cannot just become complacent and wait out our time on earth in our own little bubbles and disengaging from it and those around us. We might not be able to save the world. That is not our job. That is Jesus's. But we are Christ's ambassadors. Where we go, he goes. We can make ripples in the dirty, dark waters of this world that ripple out and affect others, bringing his love, his hope, his light and his mercy. And we don't live our lives in this way because we believe that we're better than people or that we can fix them. We don't do it to fill some sort of need within us. You know, know, I see that quite often. Um, People helping others in unhealthy ways in a cycle of rescuer and victim. You know, love always empowers. You know, you can give a man a fish and he eats a meal, but you teach him how to fish and he'll feed his family for generations to come, for a lifetime. Jesus didn't ever keep people bound. He brought them in to freedom. I don't know if you ever did this as kids in the swimming pool. It could have just been me. (laughs) But did you ever sort of bob up and down and make waves and then kind of ripple up? And then, but if you've got loads of people in, you all linked arms and you kind of did it at different times, you could make some serious waves and it was like, yeah, because a few people are nodding. Yay! And it would ripple out and kind of go over the sides and it would go down the drains and trickle out. Well, just imagine what kingdom impact we could make if we were all willing to get into those deep, dark waters. And with those who are suffering, those in need of mercy and kindness, those in need of a second chance, making ripples and waves in our neighbourhoods, bringing in his kingdom here on earth. You know, it isn't just the job of those working for the church or have a specific calling to the lost. It is all of our callings as followers of Jesus. Do you know what discipleship is in its most simplest form? To be with Jesus above all else. The more time you spend being with Jesus through his word, through worship, through prayer, you become like him. And when you become like him, you do what he did. And you do that wherever you are, wherever you are. That is our calling, all of our callings. You know, when I was reflecting on Matthew 5, 7, 
kind of felt a little bit uncomfortable, but I felt like this warning as well. It says in James 2.13, it kind of unpacks it a little bit more, that there will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. And I don't like to get heavy. It kind of feels a little bit awkward, doesn't it? But God is watching. And one day we will need to answer for our actions. How we live our lives matters. It matters. Dallas Willard says, the gospel is less about how to get into the kingdom of heaven after you die and more about how to live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. Kind of flips it, doesn't it? The gospel message, the good news of Jesus, should always challenge and change the way we live our lives in order to make right the lives of others. And sometimes that requires sacrifice. That requires us to go, do you know what? My selfish desire is this, but I'm going to die to that because I've given my life to Jesus and instead I'm going to go do that. So I want to give us three counterattacks to the guys at Cobra Kai Dojo who think they're so cool with their strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Now mine might not sound quite as punchy, but they deliver a better punch. Number one, be humble. We are all sinners in need of mercy. Realize the weight of what God has forgiven you for. Receive it and pour it out. Spend some time this week in prayer reflecting on what Jesus has done for you on the cross and continues to do so. But don't get stuck in that place. We don't want to always be looking back, but we look back to look forward. You could do something that's called the Daily Examine. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that. If you haven't, uh, there's some resources on the Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland website. If you go on there under resources, type in Daily Examine, it will pop up. Or if you can download the Lectio 365 app, uh, at the end of each day, they do a sort of, it's basically a daily examine. But at the end of each day, spend some time with God. Reflect back and ask yourself, where have I sinned? Do some work with him. Take it to Jesus and see what he gives you in return. It says in his word that God's kindness leads us to repentance in Romans 2, 3 to 4. Thank God for the gift of repentance. Number two, listen. When we really listen to another and truly hear what they have to say, their story, their pain, their experience, we cross the bridge of indifference and judgment. It is hard to judge someone that you understand. Just try it this week. Try listening to people to understand, not to answer back, not to get in there, not to judge. Is there a person or a people group you judge or know you need to forgive? Can you spend some time trying to get to know them or understand their point of view? In James 1.19, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And number three, show mercy. Get out there in those deep, dark waters and make some waves. This might require some sacrifice. It might mean you being uncomfortable uh, or going without, but go be Jesus's hands and feet. Show God's love, compassion and mercy. Extend his kingdom in whatever sphere you're in, 
Whether you're in the car, that is a note to myself. Whether you're in the petrol station, I don't care where you are. Just go be Jesus. To show mercy. Practically, you could be part of the care centre team. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Preacher's rights. But seriously, guys, there are so many ministries that are needed and we're chomping at the bit to start and we just don't have the manpower. That's the fact of it. We almost had to cancel refuel last week as we didn't have enough chefs. Our amazing chef, Joseph, was having a well-deserved holiday, like totally deserves it. He's always cooking. And the amazing Tope and Natalie, I don't know if they're here, but thank you guys so much. You're amazing. The food was so yum. It was so good. But seriously, if we didn't have them, we were going to have, we had, the thing was fully booked and we nearly had to cancel it. We need you, we need you, we need you uh, for loads of different things. But get to, peop- get to know people in your community. Be a good neighbour. It really doesn't have to be complicated. Just start being Jesus wherever you find yourself. There is a huge refugee crisis like we were hearing about earlier. Could you open your home to those fleeing war-torn countries? Or could you spend a couple of weeks in Poland? What does that look like? Could you write to a prisoner or pray for them through the prison fellowship? You know, I've been having conversations recently with um, a local prison chaplain and we took some toys from the care centre and they were just blown away. I took like a bag. I didn't take like loads. I mean, there was quite, it was nice stuff, but they were just completely blown away and they said, we don't get anything. No one ever thinks of our guys. And I was like, oh, my heart breaks. My heart breaks. And finally, as I invite the worship team back up, knowing that we stand in the middle point between a mercy received and a mercy yet needed, what is our response to those around us? Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. I hope not. Or are we willing to step into those deep, dark waters in humility, ready to listen and ready to bring Jesus' love, compassion and forgiveness to a world that is hurting and crying out for his mercy?